Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Actually, it's bonus scoop time. Zolgad, our guy Doogie, and of course, executive producer Declan Goff, as always, running the show. All right, Dukes, we both uh, were outside in the oppressive heat and humidity yesterday watching, and there's nothing more exciting, football practice. I've seen you out there, I think, twice or three times. Give me your early impressions so far and, and any potential scoops from uh, the Vikings training camp, where things stand, and in your opinion, what do you think so far? Well, I mean, I gave you a scoop last night. I don't know what you did with it on Kellen Mond being cleared. So he is good to go. Now, they moved today's practice from an actual practice to a walkthrough. You know, so presumably Mond will be out there, but it's a walkthrough. Like, I don't know how much. He'll do. Judd, I fell into the trap years upon years ago. Remember the name Kyrie Zabair? Remember how Mike Tice, now Mike Tice, back in the day in Mankato, would come over to a group of us and he would shoot the bleep, like during practice. Like that was the beauty of Mike Tice. And like I thought Kyrie Zabair was the second coming of Troy Palomalu. I thought he was Steve Atwater. Like I thought he was destined for Canton, right? Yes. And I mean, he carved out a little bit of a career. Like, it's not like he was an August, you know, Hall of Famer, then September, like, literally didn't make a roster. He played in the NFL for a couple years. But, like, I've, over the years, like, I need to temper my expectations based on what I see on the practice field. Now, I can give you certain observations, you know, but then, like, there's other job battles that, because of different circumstances, like the COVID vaccine, seemingly have played themselves out. Like, Jake Browning. Like, Judd, I will be shocked if Jake Browning isn't the number two quarterback. And it's got nothing to do with any sort of actual on-the-field competition. Him and Mond, Mond missed all this time. Mond isn't vaccinated. Now, maybe that changes in the near future, but Jake Browning has had a chance. Jake Browning is going to be this team's number two quarterback. But there's certain things, like I was watching D.D. Westbrook on the side field yesterday running. It looked to me like he wasn't running with any sort of limp. Like that suggests to me maybe he's relatively close, but his former agent, he changed agencies right before signing with the Vikings. His former agency uh, thought that it was going to be a little while. Like he wasn't going to be cleared anytime real soon. So, like, I think he makes the roster, but like, can you pencil in DD Westbrook at this point as the number three receiver? Bashad Breland signed here to be the number two cornerback. It's a nice battle, him and Cam Dantzler. Right. But I still think when they line up September 12th in Cincinnati, Breland is going to be 
that starting outside cornerback. Offensive line, like Christian Derisaw hasn't been available for team uh, drills, right? I mean, he's done some of the individual stuff, but at this point, Rashad Hill is the starting left tackle. I suppose right guard offers a little bit of intrigue, but Ole Udo, like I think he he's going to be the starting right guard. Maybe somebody thinks it's Dakota Dozier, but I think it'll be Ole Udo. Outside of that, Judd, like talks are ongoing on Brian O'Neill and Harrison Smith contract extensions. I was told that, you know, the idea that maybe, you know, negotiations on the Harrison Smith front have gone sideways because he is unvaccinated. Yep. I'm told no. We brought this up last week. I can double down on that after being out there yesterday running in uh, to somebody for a very brief conversation. But I'm just, I'm led to believe that, uh, and I'm not guaranteeing that a deal gets done. I mean, the, the negotiation could still go south. But if they, if a deal doesn't get done, Judd, I don't think it's going to be because Harrison Smith isn't vaccinated. Let's backtrack to the O-line in particular, because that's where I think we thought post-draft dudes that the Vikings got uh, Derisaw, who could start at left tackle, Wyatt Davis, who could start at right guard. And I think we all thought, okay, plug them in. Let's go. It's not ideal, but it's also not terrible. Um, you're right. Derisaw looks like he is not close, like he's out there in full pads, but he's not practicing in team yet. And I don't know where things stand. You know, he had core muscle surgery groin in January. And Davis is currently with the third team. So among the things that I'm very curious to see in the preseason games is how comfortable the Vikings truly are with the potential, and it looks like this could happen, of Rashad Hill starting at left tackle. And he is a nice backup tackle. He can certainly play the right side, but that's a very, very important job in trying to protect Kirk Cousins' blind side. And then Udo, or potentially Dakota Dozier, at right guard. Um, because that that could derail things very quickly from a passing game standpoint if those two aren't prepared to play as much as they're going to be asked to. And that's where, Dukes, it also comes back to bite you in the butt that you, in large part because of Kirk's contract, didn't have the ability to go lock down at least one really good player at, let's say, left guard. Yes, although, I mean, they had some financial flexibility, right? Like, they were in on, you know, Hendrickson. They were in on Carl Lawson. They decided they wanted to go more the defensive route, you know, in terms of interior offensive linemen. I mean, Thune, you know, ends up in Kansas City. Yeah. You know, maybe, you know, maybe if they wanted to, they could have uh, tried to go that route. He has the same representation as Kirk Cousins. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I would say, though, Judd, they have invested, at least draft-wise, you know, pretty good capital yes, they in have. that offensive line. Ezra Cleveland, second-round pick. Brian O'Neill, second-round pick. Garrett Bradbury, first-round pick. Like, go up and down the list. It's, you know, they, they've invested, maybe not always wisely, but they've certainly invested the resources. Mm-hmm. And that is something, I mean, you're right, like a month ago, like if you had asked me a month ago, starting offensive line, I would have told you pre-camp, yeah, Darisaw starting left tackle week one, Wyatt Davis starting right guard week one. So that is something we glean when we're out there in Egan, that, that it's pretty evident at this point that neither guy is going to start week one. But yeah, you know, even talking to Rashad Hill post-practice yesterday, you know, he reiterated, I think he said it at the time, I don't remember if he did a Zoom right after re-signing with the Vikings or not, 
his agent's pretty active on social media. It came from either him or his agent, but that he did have uh, some better offers, that he probably could have landed a deal where he would have been penciled in as some other team's starting left tackle. Now, some people might be scoffing at that idea, but you know, all things considered, you could do a lot worse in terms of a backup than Rashad Hill. Yeah. He talked, and I think he was being genuine because we're lied to all the time, right, Joe? But I think he was being genuine because I asked him, what is it about this place that you said, hey, I'll resign fully knowing that there was a good chance whether Riley Reef was back, they don't make the move there, or they invest a, a high draft pick in the left tackle. Like, you probably knew you weren't going to be the starter when you resigned in March. He said, I just, I love the people. I love the coaches. He just, he loves everything about being a Viking. So I guess that's a credit to the Vikings for creating that sort of environment that Rashad Hill says, I'll turn down a better opportunity to start because I want to be back here. But like at this point, mm-hmm. like when does Darisaw start? But, right. Like unless exactly. Rashad Hill goes belly up, you know, unless he fails miserably, like can't you at this point pencil in Rashad Hill to start week two against Arizona? Yes. And then you just, you keep going down the line. But like if- Rashad Hill's probably going to end up playing a lot of snaps this year. But if Darisaw can't start, it's a big deal. Like Christian Darisaw was supposed to step in and start. There's no question. They can't be like, oh, we, we were going to bring him along slowly. And our goal was to start Rashad Hill. BS. If that's what they say, they're lying. Um, Davis at right guard is disappointing, but I'm not absolutely shocked. Like th- third team is not good. But you know what? Third round pick. Okay, I sort of get that one. But the Darisaw one, if he does not play, it's a significant storyline. I mean, the full intention when they traded back, got him, and then said, we traded back and still got our guy, Dukes, was for him to start week one. There's no question in my mind. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, when they walked out of TCO Performance Center that particular Thursday night, in their mind, they felt like they had their week one starting left tackle that in their minds, him and Vera Tucker, who's viewed as more an interior offensive lineman, I haven't been following the Vera Tucker steam. Where did he land? With the Jets? I haven't been reading yeah. if they're playing him inside or outside, but the buzz at the time was more an interior offensive lineman, but that the Vikings viewed both pretty much, you know, pretty even. So, like, that would be another way to follow it. Like, if Vera Tucker grades pretty well, you know, whatever metrics you follow, pro football focus, or otherwise, if after a couple of weeks you see that Vera Tucker <laughs> is performing at a high level, that certainly will piss off a lot of Vikings fans. Exactly. Hey, on Browning, my theory on him is this. I think the next week is extremely important. Um, I think in trying to decide, so Mondi is the third guy. He's got the roster made. He is a third-round pick. He is potentially the quarterback of the future. But sick or not, the intention was never for him, I don't think, to play this year on Browning. I think the next week, the joint practices against Denver, and then probably more importantly, starting Saturday with preseason uh, game one against the Broncos Dukes. I think this is where you're going to have to decide if Kirk gets sick or hurt, can he play? Because there are guys and they're not ideal. Blake Bortles, McCowan's McNowan's. There are guys who have played before who can hand off and like, they're not going to be train wrecks fundamentally as far as playing, because I do think that there is a chance that if Browning steps in there and it's like, Oh my God, no, that the Vikings still will, would then have to go get a true backup um, and probably cut Jake. Because the thing with him is you can be as impressive as you want in practices, you know, look at him, sling the ball around Egan. 
It's a different thing to get into game situations with with blitzes and real games and be calm, cool, and collected and not be a train wreck. Agree. Now, my comeback to that is Jake Browning at the University of Washington, his final year, correct me if I'm wrong, Declan, maybe you know better than, than I do, but wasn't he number six or number seven in Heisman Trophy voting? Like, he was a really, really good college quarterback, and I get it. You know, slinging the ball around in that Saturday night practice yeah. in Egan only means so much, but right. he was really good. Like, it beats the alternative of him failing miserably yeah. in that scenario. But, yeah, sure, I mean, he is going to play a ton on Saturday, right? So, yeah, I mean, Saturday and the following preseason game and probably more so maybe the third preseason game will go a long way in determining whether he is the true number two quarterback. I'm just saying me personally, I would bet on him making the roster. I would bet on him being the number two quarterback. I think you're probably right. But it's just going to be because so he he played um, in the practice here that they had Saturday at the stadium. The pass that he threw that was picked off by, I believe it was DJ Wanham picked it off and took it back 31 yards for a touchdown. Okay. Yep. That was a horrible pass. Like he sort of panicked and just slung it. You can't do that. That, That's why I just, I think that there's a big uh, gap between I'm at my practice field. I'm looking pretty good. Guys aren't going hard, but when the play picks up, it changes. So my, my point is that's the one thing that I think the Vikings have to find out because if cousins can't play for two weeks, you can't just be like two losses. This team's too good for that. So, so I do think I'm with you. I think Browning makes the team. I think he's the backup. I also think that there's room for if he struggles in the exhibition games to say there has to be a different plan and Mond right now, redshirt for 2021. He is a redshirt quarterback and that's about it, which is fine, but that's what he has to be. Yeah, and that's what I think he will be. My rebuttal is, you listed off some of the names there. You know, an example, Blake Bortles. Yeah, it's you not. You tell me Bortles doesn't make mistakes like that? Like, you know, if Kirk Cousins has to sit for a game or two, there's going to be some sort of drop-off. Sure. You know, how sizable? We can debate that. And that's the issue when you have a starting quarterback who is unvaccinated, that he may not get the virus. But with the close contact being shut down for multiple days, it just puts them in such a tough situation. Absolutely. Yeah. And and that's the problem. I'm, I'm not concerned one bit about guys actually being sick. It's close contact because it's five days. You're gone. And and as far as I can tell, there's no appeal. There's no, hey, you know, the room was too small again. The league's like, sorry. See ya. Bye. O- okay. Clean out the scoop. Um, the scoop bag your bag full of scoops what else do you have for this uh for this tuesday well i mean we can talk twins i had it on tv on thursday night so i do shameless plug every thursday night on channel 5 6 50 then it re-airs at 9 50 during the nine o'clock news on channel 45 i do the scoop in video form with the tv medium and i had a note about byron buxton making unbelievable progress great progress well i mean we saw on monday at target field he's taking batting practice so He's pretty much cleared to do everything and anything. You know, he'll need some at-bats, presumably in St. Paul with the Saints. I don't think he's going to double-A or, or, you know, Cedar Rapids, although I guess if the Saints are, you know, on the road far away, if Cedar Rapids is is easier. He just he needs to go get some at-bats somewhere before sure. returning to the Twins lineup. But the injury was never a season-ending injury. 
the idea is if all goes as planned, Buxton will be back before the month is over. So that is, if you're looking for any, you know, sign of good news, you know, there's that. There's Randy Dobnak making good progress. He's been throwing a lot of target field. So if you're looking for anything to cling well, Buxton, to, we can stop Rogers, at Buxton. Yeah, I mean, Taylor Stop Rogers, Buxton, you know, don't bring him shut Dobnik. down for the year. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, but Dobnik, hey, Judd, at this point, like, don't you think Randy Dobnik is one of their five starting pitchers opening day next year? No. No. I think they go in a different direction. I think they swallow hard and admit their mistakes. I mean, they'd like to re-sign Michael Pineda, so maybe they get a deal done there. Okay, Maeda is back. Okay, who fills out when they open up? I don't remember where they open up. Late March. March thirtieth, March 31st. Okay, it's April 1st. And I'm not saying Dobnik will be in the rotation on April 30th. Yeah. But I'm just saying that first week of the season, you mean to tell me, and this is presuming, by the way, there is an opening day in late March. Right. Which is a whole other Which I'm topic, really not concerned about because it ain't happening. Um, and it may not happen. So tell me this, I'm just too. saying, I think Dobnik is one of their five uh, opening rotation guys. Which, which of, of their young arms has not gotten hurt, too? It feels like this team throughout its system Winder's out now, right? He's been out. Um, it feels like every one of those guys, Duran, that we've talked about extensively, has missed significant time. I might be wrong, but it just definitely feels the that way that every one of these young arms that were like, okay, this guy's going to come up eventually, and this guy's going to come up. You know, there, there's a note in the Star Tribune or Pioneer Press saying, so-and-so won't pitch for the next three weeks because of this or that. Well, you're right now, like, do you count Bailey Ober? I mean, Bailey Ober's been up here, but he's no, I count the R. guys that aren't here. Yeah, well, okay. So Winder, Duran, you know, Canarino is back. He should be. He is back. In okay. Cedar Rapids here at some point this week. He started the other day for Fort Myers. Okay. Yeah. So Canarino has been cleared, but he was shut down for multiple weeks. Uh, Blazovic was shut down. Now he's back. But yeah, a lot of their guys, unfortunately, have been dealing. With something, I'll get a more extensive update. I'm catching up with Alex Hassan, Twins Director of Player Development. I'm either catching up with him. I just emailed with him either tonight or tomorrow. So I'll get a specific update if there's any chance of, you know, Duran, for example, returning this year. Winders should be back before the season is over. This is not a long-term type injury. Okay. Okay. And the the expansion of rosters on September 1st is only to 28, correct? It's not the 40 Yeah, they got now. rid of the 40 man. The 40 yeah. man expansion is gone. 2019, yes. 2018, so, yeah. Okay. You can add a couple guys, but yeah, not not 40. Now, if you need to create a roster spot or two, like it's time to DFA Angelton Simmons. Like I don't understand, well, you know, maintaining a roster spot. Why is he on here? His behalf. What's the alternative, I guess? Now, you could argue you. Nick Gordon, but I can just tell you, Jed, I can tell you. Yep. I don't know if it's – they feel like – I've heard this before, so I don't say this randomly. Okay. They feel like Nick Gordon cares more about his his music, that he's pursuing a musical career, that that he loves to, to rap, loves his music. Okay. Whether there's truth to that, there's probably some gray area, but that's the way they have perceived things in the past. You know, and heck, if they thought Nick Gordon had a chance to be much beyond a utility guy, they would be giving him regular time right now. He can be a utility guy on the 2022 roster, but it's just it's pretty obvious to me, Judd, yep. that they don't view Nick Gordon as any sort of key part of, of, of their core moving forward. Okay, but why not just find out for the rest, unless he's being destructive, that we don't see. Why not just 
Find out. I mean, Simmons does nothing for you. He's having a bad year. The whole point of trying to get him to solidify your infield has now been blown up. I don't understand. Like, like find out what Gordon can do. Keep him with the club. And then, you know what? If you don't like him, jettison him. But it's as if they're still trying to win games with that, you know, we still got our shortstop. It's like, no, that, that ship has sailed. I don't, I don't understand the thinking. And the one thing that I will say about Gordon is this. When he does play, he brings a skill set that's pretty intriguing. Well, the speed. The speed. Right, but plays. I mean, like, if he just stunk and he couldn't run, I'd be like, release him. I don't give a crap. But he, he brings a skill set that you're at least intrigued by. You're right. The speed plays. He's not terrible. Like he doesn't. He's not. He, well, I mean, the numbers suggest he's pretty terrible. But I would, I would give him more of an opportunity that I right. would view make a decision sample size as as too small. He's a good kid, so I can tell you that. When you're saying, okay. you know, is he bad behind the scenes? Yeah, I don't like know. That? I've never heard that. I, I've only heard really good kid. Okay, all right. That, that Flash Gordon, you know, raised him well. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing to worry about in that regard. I just wonder, are they trying to instill some confidence in some of these young pitchers, knowing that they have? Now, he hasn't been elite. I don't think he's been elite. I don't think anybody could suggest that Angelton Simmons has been elite defensively, but he's been above average. He's been probably good defensively. I think we all expected more that he's the best of the best, and I don't think he's been the best of the best, but that he does instill some confidence in the guys on the mound that when he's behind, it helps matters. I'm trying to justify it. In my I know, own and mind, don't. I'm with you, Joe. Don't, don't justify it for them. They don't deserve your justification. Make a lot of sense. Frankly, what I would do yep. is I have no problem with Jorge Polanco at shortstop. I agree. Jorge Polanco has been the team MVP this year. He's also been available, by the way. When you look at the roster, He's tough. Of all the guys that have been on the injured list, he hasn't been on the injured list this year. So that's a credit yes. to Polanco. I'd put Polanco at shortstop. I would play Louis Arise at second base. I want Louis Arise, mm-hmm. even if the idea heading into this year was to give him 500, 600 at-bats. I don't want to view Louis Arise as some sort of utility guy, move him around. I just I want Louis Arise as my starting second baseman. I would love in the winter for the Mets to revisit the Twins on the Josh Donaldson front. Those talks did not get off the ground in late July, but maybe they can get off the ground this winter. If the Twins need to eat a little bit of money, so be it. Jose Miranda, starting third baseman. Louis Arise, starting second baseman. Jorge Polanco is your starting shortstop. And I get, when you look at the free agent class with Carlos Correa and Corey uh, Seager and Trevor Story yep. and Javi Baez, like you can go get a really good shortstop on the open market. Marcus Simeon signed a one-year deal with Toronto. You know, he's been playing second base there, right? Because they have Bo Bichette, but Marcus Simeon can play shortstop. You can go get a shortstop this winter if you want to, but I'm okay with them hitting a bit of a reset button, realizing that really, truly competing in 2022 is probably a long shot that the White Sox are going to be really, really good again. Mm -hmm. That get Miranda in the opening day lineup. He's done everything he's needed to do at double-A and triple-A. Get Miranda up here. In fact, add him to the 40-man pretty quick here. I'd like to see Jose Miranda get some at-bats with the Twins the rest of this year, just so you have some idea 
that he can be your opening day third baseman next year. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Who lives in that cabin? What's wrong with their lakeshore? Look at all those weeds. Oh, that is the worst cabin on the lake. Don't be such a busybody. Excuse me? They must not know about Aquaside. Is that what we use? Yep. Just one application of Aquaside each spring keeps our lakeshore weed-free. Don't be that cabin this summer on your lake. Eliminate lake weeds this summer with Aquaside pellets. I should tell them about Aquaside. Oh, now who's the busybody? Call 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. Final scoops. Jarvis O'Mersa, remember him? Gophers yep. men's basketball, incredible athlete. So he transferred. He leaves the Gophers last year, ends up transferring to the University of St. Thomas as Johnny Tower and the Tommies ascend up to Division One. They will play in the Summit League. They will be in the same league as Oral Roberts. We saw Oral Roberts make that great run in March in the NCAA tournament that that St. Thomas gets to play Oral Roberts two times this upcoming season. Nice. That this is pretty cool as the Tommies move up to D1. Yep. So they land Jarvis O'Mersa. Well, it turns out Jarvis O'Mersa has decided to opt out. He is no longer part of the St. Thomas men's basketball program. Let's call this a little bit of informed speculation. I can't tell you with 100% certainty, but I'm bringing it up for a reason. Keep in mind that St. Thomas recently mandated that all students to go to school need to have received the COVID-19 vaccine. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe larger picture, you know, not specific necessarily to Jarvis, but I can just tell you, Judd, like when 50% of the population doesn't want to receive the vaccine, we know that there are college athletes, not just St. Thomas, but there are college athletes that don't want the vaccine. Now, ultimately, maybe they change their mind because they, he or she, wants to play. Mm -hmm. But, like, right this second, there are collegiate athletes that don't want the vaccine. And, yes, here in town, there are collegiate athletes that don't want the vaccine. So I think there's there's a bigger story potentially there, you know. So, I, again, I don't, I don't say are that Are you randomly, teasing to the golfers, but, Doogie? Are you saying that no. there might be some golfer? No, I mean row the boat. They're they're at like ninety six percent basketball. They're not quite one hundred percent. Ben Johnson's basketball, team. You know, I, I think they're actually no. I'm not okay. All I, right, I think Ben's team. That's your teasing. Is fine. I mean, there's a lot of collegiate athletes here in town. So no, I was not teasing anything in okay. regards to the men's basketball program. But with Jarvis, it's just it's it's interesting. And you know, I feel for Johnny Tower. Now it's going to take some time. If you look at Grand Canyon, any other program that's moved up from D two to D one you know, let alone D3 to D1, yep. it takes a good few years to really make any sort of footprint. And truthfully, like seven to eight years to really get on solid grounding. So hopefully Dr. Phil Eston, the St. Thomas AD, gives John Tower enough time. But he's already lost two guys. So Javon Hadley played at Creighton-Durham Hall. He was over at Matamidi High School, then transferred to Creighton-Durham Hall. He ended up on the East Coast, D1 player. He commits to St. Thomas, but then in June, he decides he's going to go the Juco route. So you lose Hadley, who was a pretty good player. Now you lose Omersa. So I feel for Johnny Tower that in the last two months, he's lost two pretty good players. All right, sir. sir thank you. Great stuff. And we will talk to you on Thursday for more scoopage, okay? You got it. Then on Joseph Blair, he's going to the Washington Wizards, not as the lead assistant, yeah, as the number two assistant, but it is a raise. And there's a chance for better growth, better opportunity with Wes Unsell Jr. So the Timberwolves are now looking 
for a third assistant coach. They are looking for a defensive coordinator. Unfortunate timing, the Wolves losing an assistant coach. Interesting stuff. All right, sir. Talk to you in a couple of days, Doogie. You got it. And, I mean, they're still kicking the tires on free agents. Lori Markkinen, Dennis Schroeder, Josh Hart. But the Wolves need to create more cap space or, you know, convince Chicago to take Jake Lehman, Jared Culver, some other guys, which Chicago doesn't have interest in. So the Wolves are still working on improving the roster, but it's really hard. At this point, Jared Vanderbilt, Jordan McLaughlin are their top two priorities, two restricted free agents. Awesome stuff. Okay, see you, Judd. See you, Declan. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.